Welcome to China Tech Talk, the weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, editor in chief of TechNote, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. So this is the second part of our year-end review. So looking back at 2017. We've already done the top three of our top five, and now we're moving on to talk about live streaming and Tencent's media empire. And so, as with the last episode, there is、uh, chapter markers. So, if you're using a modern、uh, podcast player, you can、uh, just skip along to、uh, whichever topic you like. So, we'll be talking about、uh, live streaming, Tencent, as well as some other honorable mentions, including. Mini programs, Wujen, coworking, and a few more. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah.、Um, so let's 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 move on to number four. So live streaming and and video. So this is kind of an interesting、uh, one because, in some ways, this was this was one of those trends that kind of began in 2016 and went in went very strong into 2017, but then kind of lost some of its its momentum as the market matured. Um, into into 2017, and so I think that that really live streaming and short video is kind of the story of of the first half of the year,、uh, where it really became、um, uh, uh, much more much more used in general. But then also a lot of companies were were using、um, video live streaming and and short video as as a as a way to monetize.、Uh, Weibo, for example, you know they were actually able to、um, they had a banner year. Uh, because of live streaming in, in short video,、uh, Momo act, was was able to become profitable、uh, because of live streaming and、uh, and and video offerings as well. You know, Momo they're a、um, uh, social networking site basically connecting connecting strangers,、uh, and they weren't doing so well. Um, and now, now that they have live streaming, they have、um, you know in-app purchases of virtual gifts and virtual currency, and they're able to to now monetize off of that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I agree. It's more definitely. You you could argue that live stream was the trend of 2016、uh, in China because、um, that was when it was like super frothy, and there was an incredible amount of、um, new apps on the market, and it was all very new and fresh. I think it's matured in 2017. Uh, having said that,、uh, I completely agree. It's transformed the business models of certain apps. I mean, Weibo. We, yeah, it's it's really had a huge impact on on them and uh, on Momo, and、uh, and they're not the only players. And I think also this year, by the end of the year, now it's definitely matured.、Um, Before we, in 2016, I think it was very early days. We were seeing people using it. You know, it, some of it was quite dodgy. There's people got banned for eating bananas suggestively. <laughs>、uh, there was lots of、uh, semi sort of like, is this kind of soft porn or is this、uh, what is this stuff going on?、Um, now there's there's been regulation coming from the government.、Um, it's actually very tame. I think people have got bored of, of watching people. Uh, just sing、um, or, or or do silly things to sort of、um, eating noodles. Yeah, the the、uh, barrier to entry and the expectations of people have risen a bit,、um, mm. uh, and we've seen like the explosion of of applications like Quai Quai Show,、um, right. which I think is still doing really really well,、um, and and then and this trend is very much linked, I think,、um, and that's why it's still rolling out now is because. It's the wave of the internet coming to tier three and tier four and in these more rural areas of China, and、um, we shouldn't really underestimate this because、um, these places、um, we've got a huge number of of Chinese people who are in these sort of、uh, poorer, more inland,、uh, lower income, and, and just less less、uh, less educated people, I guess. Um, who are sort of discovering the internet only in the last, you know, probably only in the last、uh, year or two,、um, and the, their sort of habits online are completely different from、uh, from 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 me or you, John, or from uh, from uh, people in, in in Beijing, Shanghai, and, and markets like that. These people have different needs,、uh, different level of education, different likes,、um, and so. These apps like Quai Show are really 
resonating very strongly with this group because uh, it's kind of very easy to understand, very easy to use, uh, and the and the content that's popular on these is is content is user generated content, not professionally generated content, and it's generated by people in those markets in areas. So they're they're able uh, to create content which. Uh, even myself, I've, I find it even, uh, I think I'm pretty in touch with Chinese society. I find a lot of the content just completely, Stupid. yeah, just <laughs> no, unbelievable I, that people watch yeah, it, quite frankly. It's, it's, it reminds, it reminds me know. of like early days on, on YouTube or, or other, other video of like, you know, people, you know, stupid young men like jumping off roofs and pretending to be wwe stars or, or like you know trying to reenact jackass stunts yeah, and, and jackass like is that. a good a good analogy yeah yeah i mean a lot of it's like jackass stuff right but yeah less, just much lower production values <laughs> well exactly well exactly and that's and that's the thing i think i think what's really interesting too is is kind of seeing the cultural divide because like you and i we look at this and even if we were to see this in the in this in the in, in back at home we'd be like oh my god these people are really dumb um but but it's, it's really kind of interesting in china because there is this there is this you know fairly clear dividing line uh, between people who live in cities and, and people who don't, people who are more affluent and have really um, um, reaped the benefits of development and and modernization in China, and those who who really haven't, you know, like the people the people who are um, producing these videos, you know, like these are like de- the same people that that deliver your packages, the same people that deliver your. Right. Um, that deliver your uh, your food when you when you do that. I mean, in some cases, maybe even your your driver when you call a DD or um, you know the people making stuff in in factories. And so this is where, where the the demographic of this is is you know very very blue collar in a, in a, in a, in a way. Um, and so you know in Chinese they would they would say oh you know jaga and when they say low they're actually saying low like L O W. And so. It's one of those occasions where Chinese has borrowed uh, a word from English, um, and basically what they mean is that it's too it's too low brow. It's too, um, I mean, for lack of a better word, stupid. Yeah, I was really struggling for the first half of this year to understand why Weibo was doing so well, and it was bugging me and bugging me. Like, why is Weibo their financials are really kicking ass? Uh, but when I use the app, I just hate it. I was just like, this is such a horrible user experience. Why, how, the, you know, what's going on here? And I've slowly, you know, been able to understand it. I think a lot, or at least I think I understand it now. Um, maybe I don't. But um, a, a, one of the key factors is, you know, is, is this trend of, I think a lot of the people using Weibo now are in these sort of, is this huge, huge population of um inland less educated people blue collar workers as you say and, and below blue collar workers um you know people really working on out in the farms and stuff um and and these people are very tolerant to ads they're very tolerant to advertisements oh yeah definitely um, definitely i mean it, ads ads it's, it, it it always strikes me just how mu- how many ads there are in china and how tolerant of advertising um people are Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if it's free um, and it's powered by ads, there's it's 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 very um, like there's no there's there's very little friction when it comes to to advertisements. It seems. Yeah, and they, a lot of them are just obsessed with uh, things like celebrity gossip, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's where Weibo really comes into its own because that's pretty much so much of the platform is just like mindless celebrity gossip. It's just. Um, you know about the sort of sex lives of singers and movie stars, and um, yeah, that that stuff resonates really well with a lot of you know, people like this. Um, well, it's also it's also much 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 safer than uh, people getting angry about government policy or government government actions. Right, right, yeah. It's and and it's Weibo. I think has just moved so far away from where it used to be when it started off. And uh, now it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, for, in terms of their financials, it's great for investors. But uh, personally, I think the, the platform is, uh, has, some, has some major issues. I, I, I don't really enjoy, I, I don't enjoy using the app personally. 
and I think the direction they're going in is is kind of unsustainable. But yeah, this well, a totally for, different for, podcast, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, so so just 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 one last just one last point about Weibo, and then I want then I want to bring up something that I wanted to mention about uh, live streaming. Um, so so I mean Weibo, you have to remember also is that they got uh, a large investment from from Alibaba, and so they're basically part of the Alibaba. Um, ecosystem now, where um, the uh, like there's there's a lot of uh, KOLs, there's a lot of people right. out there selling right. stuff, right? Um, and it's linking directly to Taobao shops, directly to t- to Tmall shops, and so I think that's that's certainly part of it. In in, in Taobao, looking at live streaming, um, Taobao has you know basically made products into content in order for in in order to sell more. Um, and this kind of you know dovetails into what one of the one of the kind of the opposite end of like we're talking about uh, Kwai, Kwai Show and some of these low brow uh, some of this low brow content kind of the opposite end of that spectrum is the rise of KOLs online um, and in particular you know looking at you know lifestyle KOLs uh, clothing uh, luxury brands and and, um, and things like that it's 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 basically become an industry in in 2017 whereas in in 2016 I mean it was nascent but live streaming and video in particular has really allowed this um, this segment of marketing of, of advertising to 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 grow exponentially um, and so you look at Weibo you look at Taobao you look at um, Momo, all of these, all these different um, live streaming platforms, and one of the big, the big reason that they're able to be successful is because of the people creating that content, and and these are individuals who have basically, in many, in many cases, made themselves into a business. Um, so maybe they just go on Momo and they just talk for a while and they get virtual gifts, or maybe they, do, or maybe they do something even even bigger. Is they actually they're able to monetize their community by being. Uh, key opinion leaders in certain areas, whether it's makeup, fashion, clothing, travel, cooking, mm-hmm. um, playing games, you know, like on, on Douyu or something like that. Um, but then this whole this whole area of, um, of of marketing and advertising has, has been able to open up in large part because of live streaming and, and video. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say it's I would say it's pretty strong trend in 2016 though, but. Um, Maybe maybe I'm more in attuned to it. You know, we cover a lot of that content in the conference that I, I do once a year in, in Shanghai, at the China Chat. A lot of that's about KOL marketing. It's just a red hot topic for both you know, both years we've been doing it there, um, and I expect that to continue into next year as well. It, again, it's one of those trends. Influencer marketing is not going away, and China's ahead. And uh, so prediction of 2018, yeah, that, that one's going to keep rolling along. Uh, I think it's a general internet trend, that, uh, especially with the rise of video. Uh, people are able to make connections and build large followings and then monetize those through, through e-commerce stores uh, and uh, product placement from brands. And, um, and, and, and that's not going to go away. That's not going to go away. Uh, I, I think no, so, some not. of these, uh, some of the trends that we're talking about here, actually links kind of into one thing which we haven't covered, we haven't even got on our list, which is the sort of. I think this year is also a breakout year for Totiao, and uh, and, and yeah, totally. It's maybe maybe that's been coming a long while. Maybe it's um, it's just they've got the recognition this year from people from the media that they are a serious player in the market. But certainly their valuations uh, have increased quite a lot this year, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I think I think with, with Totiao at least, I think it's just it's just um, uh, the language barrier. I mean, they've they've been getting a lot of attention on, on Chinese media uh, for quite yeah, some time. And yeah. I think that if, if you're if you're if you've been here like like you and I, you've known about Totiao since since basically the beginning um but i think that 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 for for myself you know it has been a bit surprising to see how well a content aggregation application has done um and so i think it's very surprising in that sense i mean they're worth what is it 20 20 billion usd it was, was their last valuation I saw somewhere. I oh that's right most recent they, they got even more money recently 30 oh my gosh. billion um 
which is just which is just absolutely crazy. But the thing you got to remember about Totiao is that it's not it's not just Totiao. Like the parent company is doing quite a bit more than that. Um, and and recent and they're really moving into to video in in particular with um, yeah. with Douyin, I believe yeah. the uh, the foreign Musical. is called. Uh, TikTok, yep. and they recently bought bought Musically. And they exactly. got watermelon, watermelon videos. Sigua, Sigua shopping. That's okay. um, that's sure. also doing really well. Um, yeah. So a um, couple of properties. Um, so yeah, it's all bundled together. Um, I think it's a you know broad trends that's been driven for for them. AI is a big part of it as well, right? But what we're mm. talking about mostly here, I think, is the trend of short video and, and live stream playing out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and speaking of entertainment, number five is uh, Ten Cents Entertainment Empire. Um, I mean, I think that I mean the big one obviously is is um, is Honor of Kings, but then of course we can't forget about uh, Ten Cent Music and uh, China Literature. So China Literature uh, went IPO in Hong Kong uh, about a month ago. Uh, is very successful, and uh, it looks like Ten Cent Music is going to be going um, IPO sometime next year. Um, but it's just just watching Tencent's kind of culture, entertainment, social empire grow and grow and grow. It's just, it's absolutely fascinating to see, to see a company who um, their, their, their core product, you know, is this social offering of, of WeChat and of QQ and seeing how they're able to monetize it by the like satellite products um, and, and in-app purchases in those satellite products is, um, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, they've always had gaming as uh, for a very, very long time as their core um, revenue generator, let's say, and uh, gaming is entertainment really, isn't it? Um, it's a, it's a very interactive and modern form of entertainment. Now they're just expanding what well, they have been for a very long time, aren't they? Expanding out um, into all different types of entertainment. And uh, we're just seeing a couple of IPOs come up. Uh, for, they're spinning out you know, music. They're spinning out literature. Uh, they've got a comics and manga division as well that does really, really right. well. Um, they've got a couple of uh, music – sorry, not music, uh, movie – uh, they've got their own sort of movie division uh, in, in film. They've got two of them, actually, I think. Uh, Penguin, Penguin Pictures, and uh, Tencent, um, Tencent Movies or something. I forget the actual names. Um, two, two separate divisions based on that. And, uh, and, of course, gaming is the cash cow. Um, and then yeah. they've got Tencent Video, which is, by some measures, the – at least in the last earnings call, they said it was leading the market. Um, I know you, you posted something somewhere, John, recently that said IGE was leading. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in terms of in terms of, I, I'm not sure about Tencent Video or ITE's uh, revenue or or monetization, uh, but according to some third party reports, ITE leads uh, in uh, user penetration. Um, so they're at about like 36 percent. Um, and Tencent Video is second at about 33%. Right. And Yoku right. Tudo is a pretty far third at about 15, 15%. So, um, again, I'm not sure about monetization, but certainly, um, you know, ITE is a, is a big contender. In That's that quite area. amazing because Yoku used to, Yoku Tudo used to dominate this market, didn't they? I think. Well, they used to be the only right. ones. I mean, it used to it used to be a duopoly between between the two, and then you had Lusher come in. Um, I'm actually I'm actually kind of surprised um, at how well ITE is doing. You know, it started off as a as a as a joint venture with Baidu and and um, another company. Um, just recently, I think over the past one or two years, um, Baidu uh, purchased all of it back, and so now it's completely under Baidu. And it's actually you know. Because it's branded differently, it's easy to forget that actually Baidu does mm-hmm. own this, and that you know that in the consumer space that they are still, they still do have at least a, a fairly strong presence. Yeah, it's definitely one of their big success stories, right? Is ITE? Um, yeah, and then, yeah, it's easy to forget Baidu. You know, they have like they're still really strong in maps, right? They're still really strong um, in video. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know about the data with, with maps, but I don't use Baidu maps, and um, I don't think many people at Technode use Baidu maps because it's it's not very good. <laughs> right. Again, I don't have yeah. the data. I don't have the data in front of me, but oh, my own, my own personal experience, I don't, I don't enjoy it. 
I could probably find. I I did research them. They they've got decent market share. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I mean, a strong competition um, from Tencent. I use Tencent Maps. Um, I use uh, Galdor, which is Alibaba uh, software, yeah. Alibaba, um, which yeah. has like good Dao um, Hong thing. They they got like a good, good voice. Oh, it's great. It's uh, really. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, they have Ling, Ling Jilin, uh, who has like a very, very sexy <laughs> up, ahead, up ahead, up ahead. Yeah. All right. I think the Tencent one's got that now as well. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Okay. But but we're, 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 we're fading a little bit here, I think. Um, so so Tencent's Entertainment Empire, I think, you know, the big one, um, at least in terms of mind share, really has been Honor of Kings. Right. Um, you know, just looking at that, the amazing success of this one IP. And I think that that Tencent is one of those companies like so maybe, you know, Alibaba, they know how to get you to buy things. Um, Tencent is a company that 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 knows how to um, create experiences uh, i think and that's that's really kind of their 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 real key i mean like wechat is an amazing experience for an app compared to many many others and you look at honor of kings and they, and and you know the developers i think they just understand chinese culture so well uh, they understand the the social nature of or or the the, the ability to leverage social and not just like social networks, but literally those people around you. The number of times that I've walked by um, in my office, people, you know, as a group, all playing Honor of Kings mm. together. So you have like four or five people, and they're all in the same instance on the same team, and they're able to yell at each other and say, "No, do this, no, do that," and and, and so on and so on. Um, I think that 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 really that that has been one of the major keys of this of this game is is leveraging um that that sense of like hey we're we're a group we're all playing this uh together yeah, yeah. we covered it in an uh, we put a whole episode on honor of kings didn't we uh quite a while back and so with listeners who want who online more about that then they can listen back to that one i think uh we did we went quite deep on it there and very recently i think just a um a day or two ago, they announced. I think it's either opened in the U.S. market or it's going to open in the U.S. market. It's already. Uh, I, I downloaded it when I was in um, uh, in Southeast Asia recently. Um, it's available in a couple of markets there, and I also played it in Europe last week. And so it's in those markets. And the and and the Arena of Valor version um, is 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 actually quite faithful. I think um, I was I was quite intrigued. Um, obviously, it's got a lot of differences. They got Superman, Batman in there, Wonder Woman, you know, characters like that, which you don't see in the Chinese version. Um, prediction for 2018: I doubt it's going to do as well as, as it is in China. I mean, it'd be really very difficult to get to that kind of level. But uh, yep. um, I, I, I don't know. But I don't the thing, but the thing about is, the tends- gaming industry specifically to make a, a sort of educated guess over whether it will resonate well with outside China. But, but the thing is, Tencent doesn't need Honor of Kings to do well. Um, they already have Supercell, which does Clash of Clans and uh, most recently Clash Royale. Very popular, very successful games. Uh, and, of, and also they, they, have, they have Riot, which, is, uh, which does League of Legends, which is probably um, next to, next to um, Dota is you know, the biggest it's the biggest, it's the biggest arena battle game and it's it's such that even even you know it's played competitively professionally so you have teams built around playing lol um and so i don't think that they really needed to succeed uh, obviously it would be a, a big feather in their cap for it to succeed and i think it would be also just kind of a, a proof that a chinese company can globalize a cultural product i mean you look at um the uh the companies that have done well um globally from china uh, are mostly hardware at this point, so Huawei, mm. uh, DJI, Xiaomi, um, these have done really, really well in the markets that they've been in. Um, but you haven't really seen any strong cultural products coming coming from China that were um, really well localized. And I think that if, if, if Tencent can have a modicum of success, it will really prove that China is ready to begin localizing its cultural content um, into into other markets. And um, and again, if if they are able to do that, then I would say that. Um, you know that other companies really need to be paying attention to to how they did it and, and thinking about how this might affect their yeah. own business. Yeah, I completely agree on that. I think that's where that we, we can see some very interesting things happen there, um, because all the 
big battles have kind of been won outside China. You know, socials one been um, won by Facebook. You know, search by Google, etc. Um, and so it's kind of seen. It's it's also mature, but we we I, I think they've got some very very strong companies in China that are understand have been really good at understanding Chinese users and working out new business models and taking opportunities in different areas and running with them. You know, Total is a great example of this. Um, and then, you know, how these guys going to really, uh, when, once they work out how to adapt things for other markets and start, you know, understanding those users, which they will, um, yeah, we might see some interesting things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's it for our, our top five. Um, I think some some honorable mentions just to just to maybe talk about just for a couple of minutes each. Um, so WeChat with the the minute programs. Oh, yeah. I think that it was kind of interesting to see um, all the hype come out uh, before uh, they were released, and then we saw a lot of disappointment. I think, and now we're kind of seeing uh, not, I wouldn't say hype, but more enthusiasm as the use cases are are are, are actually being rolled out. And it's it looks like WeChat is making many programs some, uh, a fairly large part of their strategy moving yeah, forward. Yeah, uh, I think that's one for 2018 for sure. So uh, many programs has gotten a lot hotter, a lot more interest in the last few months, and uh, a lot of it's about e-commerce. Um, it's become clear that a big part of the strategy for them is is uh, to do with supercharging and boosting e-commerce on the WeChat platform, making it much easier to buy stuff much faster, a smoother experience uh, that is much more like what Chinese are used to doing on Taobao and Tmall. And so it's clear they're using that as a sort of weapon to uh, dig in a little bit and get a little bit of share, a little bit more share of the e-commerce market um, away from, from those guys. But the, the vision for many programs is much bigger than just e- e-commerce stores. And um, they're continuing to roll out new features at a re- pretty steady uh, rate. And um, there's a new, the next month, there's the uh, op- annual open a class for, for WeChat in Guangzhou. I'll be down there. Um, I'm sure they're going to announce a whole bunch of new stuff there as well. Um yeah, it's still exciting times. It's still early days for, for mini programs, and uh, I'm still pretty bullish on them, even though um, it definitely hasn't played out how uh, I think anyone, including the WeChat team, thought it would do in 2017. Uh, the vision still mm. makes a lot of sense, and um, they are definitely making progress. Yeah, I agree. I agree, um, and I think that 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 really the use case, as you said, you know, um, retail and things like that. I think there's there's some other other use cases as well that are quite compelling, um, but but I think it's 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 really interesting to see how uh, many programs have are are really kind of closing that loop between online to offline. You know, because before a lot of it was okay, I'm going to use my phone and I'm going to order a service that's going to appear. Um, in in the real world, whereas now there's an object in the real world, I use a QR code to scan it, and I get this mini program that offers a service or or that um, that gives me information or or allows me to interact with the product or service in a way that that, that I could not before. And so it's really closing closing that loop between between online and online and offline that I think is um, is super yeah. compelling. Um, but also we want to talk very quickly about the the VPN situation. In China, I think that mm-hmm. um, what what we saw is kind of par for the course in in a, in a sense where um, the Chinese government is very interested in um, not allowing VPNs to to continue to exist, at least not personal ones. Um, and so, I think a lot of the moves weren't necessarily surprising. I think some of the the swiftness of some of them caught a lot of people, including myself, off guard. But looking back on it now, it does make a lot of sense, in particular um, with the um, the 19th Congress um, that happened in October. You got to remember, this is the biggest political event in China every five years, and they're going to make sure that nothing uh, could possibly go wrong. And so part of that, of course, is controlling information access and people um, accessing websites outside of China. Yeah, it made big global headlines, all the sort of VPN bans. But it's been a long time coming. And as a trend going through to 2018, I 
I'm almost certain that it will get more difficult to access uh, v- VPNs in China. So, uh, yeah, it's kind yeah, of depressing. It's not a good trend for <laughs> people like us. Um, I don't think it's a good trend for Chinese people in general, to be honest. But it's a fact of life here, and I don't see it changing. I don't either. It, and it's it's um. It's a bit. It's it is it is disappointing. I think because what what the government has is doing is creating um, a, a kind of not not like a, like this this weird hybrid between an internet and an intranet, um, where they've they've balkanized um, the internet so that um, that really if you're in China, all your the 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 the, the the things, the online services that you're going to be using, the information that you're going to be accessing, um, it's going to be the lowest friction is going to be what they approve, um, which is very, very powerful. Um, and and that's you know there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that is not blocked directly, um, but the friction is quite high in terms of getting there. Um, and then also you know if you're outside of you're outside of China coming in. Um, it can be very, very slow sometimes as well, and I think that's intentional. Um, so it is, it is definitely um, a bit, a bit disappointing. Um, and so next, so Apple, Apple in China. So we talked a little bit about uh, you know Xiaomi, Oppo, Vivo, um, and how well they did in India, and how they're 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 globalizing. Um, but Apple in China, I think, is a is a really interesting um, topic to talk about for a few minutes. And in, in the beginning of the year, they it felt like they they came into 2017 fairly weak. Um, now we're looking lo- looking into 2018, and you know, say what you will about the iPhone 10, but it's done pretty well in China. And they've also um, taken steps to acquiesce to uh, the the Chinese government taking down certain applications, including VPNs, but also including things like Instapaper and Pocket, which is uh, very disappointing. Um, so I think that that really, you know, going into 2018, Apple is in a fairly strong position, um, and they still they still have quite a bit in terms of localizing some of mm-hmm. some of their services. Uh, I mean, there's really no point in using Maps. Um, I just started using Apple Music. It's it's kind of okay. It's the the the, the price is right. Uh, it's fifteen. 15 RMB for per month for for family sharing, so it's not so bad. Um, but I think in general, you know, they I mean Apple Pay is still non-existent and, and still has no chance. Yeah, they've made some big changes to their strategy in 2017. That's pretty clear, and most of them are good. I mean, they've um, opened up research and development divisions as well, and uh, Tim Cook is definitely spending a lot more time on the ground. Um, so there's, there's, there's clear indications that they are aware that the Chinese market, I don't know how they could not be aware that the Chinese market was having some issues, um, pretty clear from the financials. Um, and broadly, I think all the moves they've made make sense and are good, but it's whether it's enough in my, in my mind. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they, they, they appointed, um, a China head, um, the first time that they've done that, and she came directly from their their main management team. Um, so I think that that obviously shows, and she's she's Chinese, um, so that shows that that they do take the China market very very seriously. And I do think that going into twenty eighteen, their their China strategy will get much much stronger. Um, I mean, it's China is always going to be their their second most important market um, after the states. Maybe even become their first most important market. Um, obviously, they need to prioritize and and get their get their act together. Um, but speaking of Tim Cook, you know, of course, there was the the Wu Jen conference as well that we should talk about um this this has been happening since uh, since 2014 but it does seem that this year got a little bit more attention um and tim cook even went there to to talk about um apple talk about the internet um i think from from my point of view you know uh, wu jen is basically just this 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 big propaganda show mm-hmm. kind of the it allows the chinese government to say hey you know this we, we care about the internet we want people to care about our internet um but at the end of the day it there you know there's nothing really a- there's no real action coming out of it it's just a chance for china to to gather people together yeah what the the lineup of people who attend it is seriously impressive um so it's uh i think and and now i don't know it's my impression maybe it's i think they have, you were saying earlier john they have big names every year but you know this year with tim cook and uh, with google was there as well 
Um, I get the feeling we're going to see more uh, more big names from the West turn up next year. Um, it's get, it certainly gained a lot more press this year in English language um, publications and media, I think, is my impression anyway. Um, and, yeah, it's like, it, is there a bigger conference in China for the internet? Not not really. I mean, not not one that has the same the same international presence. I mean, you know, there is uh, GMIC, but that's that's very it's a bit niche in a way. Obviously, there's there's TechCrunch as well. I mean, I gotta give a shout out to to our conference, but um, but it's not it's not the same level. That's that that's for sure. (laughs) I mean, I think that 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 there was that there was that picture um, that uh, that that was circulating around, and I think that that you you posted. Um, with some of the with some of the names of the people, but I mean, like you had heavy, like the heaviest hitters yeah. um, of the Chinese internet, all eating dinner together. Um, and I think that 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 picture, that one picture, you know, with um, with Pony Ma, with Lei Jun, with mm-hmm. uh, Richard Liu, um, and all these other people, um, really just just kind of brought it home, like just how big of a conference it was, and just in terms of just in terms of bringing people together. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the one sort of picture. I saw that and I was like, whoa, that is a serious table. That is <laughs> no a kidding. serious you, can you, table. Can you imagine what they were talking about? Yeah, I mean, it was all Tencent friendly uh, ecosystem. I mean, it was organized, that meal was organized by JD and uh, May Twenty and Ping. So, um, and then you look at the who's there and it's it's all like neutral or Tencent friendly companies. Um yeah. And yeah, I bet there was some <laughs> there was some serious talk going down there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it just for me, it's like it looked like like a sort of mafia picture. Really, I mean, it was uh, it's all men. There's no women in the picture. No women. No women at all. Um, you know, the seating arrangement is like really formal. You can see exactly the pecking order um, from where people were sat. Um, yeah, it just. And you know, ponies in the middle is the don. It's it's really it really was you know when you analyze what the, what's in that picture, it's uh, it's got a, a there's a lot to be read into. I think. Mm. But I think yeah, but I, I think that that um, that characterization as Pony Ma as the Don, I think is is fairly accurate. Um, you know, for me, you know, looking at the Chinese internet, it's very clear that it's that these there there are these ecosystems, and you know, you you mentioned that JD and, and Mei Tuan um, they uh, organize the dinner. I mean, they're basically. I mean, if you think about it in a feudal a feudal sense, you know, Tencent is the king, Pony Ma is the king, and then these these other other players, uh, part of the ecosystem, are almost their their vassals. You know, paying yeah. paying tribute to the king. Yeah. Um, and, and basically owing owing their their allegiance and their fortunes, you know, to 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 Pony Ma and and Tencent. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was absolutely fascinating. Um, but uh, but speaking speaking of um, bringing people together, another thing that we want to talk about very quickly is uh, co working. Um, I think that 2017 really was the year of co working. Um, Obviously, it was a trend um, coming into coming into the year, uh, but this year is really when we see um, a lot of maturity in the market. Um, we see that um, you know Chinese players are uh, the market in China is is consolidating. Um, you know, WeWork, which is the largest uh, co working uh, company in the entire world, is begin is be, has be become more aggressive in China uh, naked hub which is a which is a local player um, founded by uh, by by expats um, has begun to to globalize um, they recently merged with justco which is a, a co-working company based out of Singapore um, and then of course there there is UR work which is um, a, a Chinese uh, founded um, co-working space uh, Mao Daqing, who used to work for Vanke uh, Vanke is one of the largest uh, property development companies in in China, uh, they're they're they've established they've they've established their position as the number one number two um, co working player, and they are also going global. So I think co working um, is is one of those trends that we cannot ignore. Yeah, yeah, and we had um, we had Naked Hub on the podcast a couple of episodes ago, um, so that was interesting to get their viewpoint, um, and they were at TechCrunch as well recently. Um, where but we both met met up with them again, um, and WeWork is the is the sort of uh, 
the, the big player in this market. So it'd be interesting to see how it plays out with, you know, their strategy in China. They're moving a bit slow at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know enough about this particular market to comment on it too intelligently, but um, it seems I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, the Chinese local players and Naked Hub, which I think, you know, they themselves could say, you know, we're a Chinese company, uh, you know, all our staff are Chinese, we're born in China, even though, uh, you know, the, the CEO and, and some of the top level staff are, are as you said before, expats. Um, yeah, I think it'll be, you know, some combination of those those local players that ends up dominating the market. And it's an interesting market because yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's also kind of real estate. Right, so as, it will, it's yeah, it's mostly real right. estate, <laughs> and it's not really a true internet internet business, right? I mean, right, right. So we count it as tech. Is is it quite interesting? Why why are we actually talking about it? <laughs> because it's uh, it's you could argue it's not tech. <laughs> It, well, it's 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 not in in some ways. I mean, uh, I think we work in, in Naked Hub most definitely would would disagree with that right. characterization. But it's it's not it's not it's not a tech not a tech led uh, vertical. Um, but certainly, you know, you look at tech companies that are beginning startups that are beginning in co working um, and, and including also you know kind of bunch it all together, acceleration and, 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 and incubation. I mean, this is where a lot of tech t- new tech companies are starting. Um, and so I think that in that sense, you know, it, it's, it's important um, as, as part of the technology ecosystem. Um, both WeWork and, and Naked Hub, you know, they are looking more into tech, technological solutions in order to differentiate themselves, in order to um, attract, attract more, more customers. But as you say, it's, it's not really a, a tech vertical uh, in a sense. Um, but it's interesting because co-working, you know, it, in China, it's really brought together two very strong forces, uh, and both of them are government-led. One strong force, of course, was was real estate, and so you know we can see, you know, in in the over the last uh, five, six, seven years, there's been a lot of investment, there's been a lot of construction, um, and so real estate is is a, is a big, big area that's just now beginning to slow down. Uh, coupled by uh, the government's push for innovation, and so you look at a lot of the the growth in incubators, the growth in accelerators, and these these co working players, um, and a lot of that is because the government is investing more money in these areas, offering uh, subsidies, offering tax breaks, in order to see in order to see that one of their uh, the, the one of the buzzwords in in in, in government was shuang uh, shuang tuang, um, so this kind of double innovation, um, and the government is very um, keen on seeing innovation becoming uh, a driver of growth, which is why, um, again, all of these uh, different uh, companies have sprung up, and why you know the area just really exploded um, over the last year. Um, but even now, we are seeing the market cool down with um, with Beijing, um, bas- basically. Uh, banning all virtual addresses being used, and so you cannot register a company out of a co-working space um, any longer in Beijing. And we're we might see similar regulations um, begin uh, around oh, the, around the country. That. Okay, um, yeah, I think makes sense. Uh, I agree with everything you said there. It's uh, you can argue that it's tech, right? And uh, it has, definitely has cooled yeah. down. And Okay, so last but not least, we're in we're 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 in the in the home stretch. Um, so looking at um, looking at Baidu, Baidu. So I think that um, Baidu is is an, is a really interesting company. They they've had quite a few problems, and they're now beginning to as a company again. They they have ITE, but that's a bit of a separate thing. Um, but the, as as a as a as a brand, Baidu is now beginning to pivot into um, artificial intelligence, um, and of course, one of the one of the biggest the biggest um, events to happen in in that regard is the so looking looking at Andrew um, leaving an exact when when Baidu was really kind of pushing uh, the fact that they are pivoting into AI I think was a pretty big blow. Um, in terms in terms of public public relations, but you know you look at months after months after he left, you know they're they're going very strong uh, with some of their um, AI consumer products as well as their partnerships with um, um, car companies and car technology companies all around the world to create uh, autonomous driving vehicles. Yep, it was pretty big news when he left, wasn't it? It was uh, a big psychological blow, or maybe uh, just a 
symbolic uh, change. And uh, but they they did lose a lot of other top level staff. Uh, I think some left, some were poached, and uh, it's not a good sign for the for the prospects of the um, of the company. It's not a good sign of their of their management either. Um, we don't really know what's going on. Um, it could all be coincidence uh, that they, that these people left at similar times. Um, but certainly, Baidu, I think their strategy of pursuing AI has is, uh, been around for you know a lot longer than 2017. Um, they have to pursue such a strategy given the fact they've pretty much uh, lost out on mobile and uh, they're trying to not to repeat the same mistake, right, of uh, um, being late to the party on, on the new big trend. And, um, yeah, they, they, from what I've read recently, the sort of uh, the, the, their moves in the sort of autonomous car area seem to be um, seem to be making some progress, but it's still quite early days and... Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm, I don't know enough about the autonomous driving AI uh, sort of sector to really work out. If, is are they gaining some kind of dominance in this area? Uh, I'm I'm really have no idea. But um, you know, that's where they put all their eggs in that basket. And uh, well, I think I think they're 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 being really smart. I think about about uh, their AI mm-hmm. solutions um, because what they're trying to do is make an open platform. Yeah. Um, and so they're so they're 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 basically adopting yeah. a B two B to C model, right? Right, and so it's the Android of AI, the yeah. Android. So Duar is the Android of AI, and then Apollo is the Android of um, autonomous driving. Right. Um, but I think I think the the. I mean, the, the government has basically said that Baidu is going is the leader of autonomous driving. So I think that's that's a really good sign for mm-hmm. them. Um, they recent they recently approved uh, test drives on public roads. So that's another good sign. But also, I think that the government the government in general is 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 very bullish about um, autonomous driving, but then artificial intelligence solutions in general. Um, and in fact, we might we might you know China might even be the first place to see autonomous driving you know rolled out on on a, on a larger scale. Um, I mean, you think about the the number of accidents that happen. You think about um, the number of traffic violations that happen. You know, every second. I'm not so sure about Chengdu, but in rush hour in Beijing, it's just stupid sometimes. Um, and and you know, if you think about even even semi-autonomous cars rolled out on on a on a, on a large basis, that could solve a lot of problems. Um, and so in, ensure that regulations and rules are being followed on a regular basis. That that actually the car is not capable of breaking some of some of these some of these rules and some of these laws. Um, and of course, also increasing overall safety. Um, I think the, the autonomous driving can 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 you know can. Is is this solution that the government's looking for? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, we don't really know how this is going to play out. Uh, nobody does. But um, one of the biggest challenges surely has to be how do we make that switch? How do we switch from where we are now with people driving cars into something where there's autonomous cars maybe mixed in or, or, or there's areas where it's just autonomous. That's a major challenge, not from a technical level. It's a major challenge from a sort of city governance level. And I can't see, a, I can't see too many better places than China for, for just getting that stuff done fast, right? Where, where, where the government just says like, okay, we're, this is ready and we're rolling it out here and you guys deal with it because, you know, this is happening. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Electric vehicles it's, it's, as well. Yeah. I mean, the government the government set a target. Um, what is it? Twenty twenty. Um, that it's that only electric vehicles can be produced in China, and depending. I mean, you know, they 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 may walk that back a little bit because it does feel a bit extreme. Um, but the timeline feels a bit a bit too short. But uh, but I think that just goes to show that if 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 they say, hey, we're going to do this, and then then they're, then then they're very serious about it. And I think that autonomous driving, uh, electric vehicles are, are a large part of, of their plans. Um, yeah, it has to be. I mean, like the pollution situation is yeah. still horrible and uh, it's still one of the main, if they're able to make a turn that around um, in any kind of meaningful way, then uh, it's going to have a, um, a big impact on society in a very positive way. And I think China, the government is also very aware of like china burns more coal than anyone yeah. else in the world and contributes to global warming more than anyone else in the world 
and uh, th- that's that needs to stop. It needs to stop pretty fast. Otherwise, it's going to have serious implications for the. Serious implications. I mean, I mean, you know, I, 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 I do, I do question whether or not they're doing it for the planet. I think a, a lot of it is also uh, just because it, it's, it solves a lot of health problems, or it solves a lot of potential health problems. Um, but then also, air pollution is the most visible problem. I think you know, uh, national problem that the government can move on. Um, related to um, you know the 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 speed of development, um, and of course there are some other big big problems that aren't as visible, um, namely uh, water pollution and and soil pollution, and perhaps even bigger problems um, than air pollution. But it's uh, but it's easy, right? It's it's visible and it's a, it's an easy win, uh, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think um, it's just the uh, incentives are nicely aligned here, where for once the the good of the planet and the good of uh, you know, China and what the Chinese government cares about are, are kind of aligned. Okay, so so Matt, as a way to to end this 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 uh, this short series that we've done for for the end of the year, um, what what would what did you say? I mean, like, what's 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 your what's your off the wall prediction? What what do you think? What do you think is 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 going to happen? My my off the wall predict not that off the wall, but my sort of going out on the limb a little bit prediction. I think Tencent will make some kind of acquisition of a household name in 2018, something that like a big one, like 10 plus billion acquisition, like uh, of a of a serious like well-known company um, from. I have no idea where from, but like they're in so many markets, but like they're, they're, it's, they've, it's quite clear they've got an appetite and they've had some near misses. Uh, they've, they've actually tried to buy Spotify outright and, and got refused. Uh, a couple of years ago, they tried to buy WhatsApp and, and lost out to, to Mark on that. I think they will. Uh, I think 2018 might be the year they, they, they drop a big one, so to speak. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that my my um, going out going out on a limb prediction is um, that we will see wide adoption of China's digital currency in perhaps the first um, central bank backed digital currency. India is already India is already um, they are already uh, experimenting with digital IDs and and disbursement mm-hmm. of funds that way. But um, I think that we're really going to see a blockchain based centralized digital currency coming from China in in 2018 um, and you know we talked a little bit about this in, in in one episode but I think that it really is I mean number one China is primed for it already I mean it, you you could basically say all digital transactions all transactions using Alipay and, and and WeChat pay are used this digital currency and so for consumers it would be basically no different. Um, but then the government would have even that much more control and visibility into transactions, um, which I think is going to be very powerful uh, for for better or for worse. And that about does it for this this series. You know, Matt, I think honestly this has probably been my 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 favorite episode to record so far, just because we're able to uh, go back and forth and talk about a lot of different things. Um, but if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes, or if you're on Pocket Casts or on Overcast, you can press that star button. It will recommend us to your network. 